Hello and welcome to The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle Radio. Each week, the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in the world of finance take you beyond the numbers and hype right to the heart of the big issues of the day. This week, we're exploring the Art Basel and UBS survey of global collecting. The 2023 edition once again reveals insights into the behaviours and attitudes of high net worth art collectors whose spending on art remained strong in the first half of the year, with more engagement in research-based collecting. These are collectors who remain optimistic about the art market in 2024. We'll hear why in today's programme. As a reminder, the survey reveals insights into collectors' attitudes, behaviours and their broader outlook. Authored by cultural economist and good friend of this programme, Dr Claire McAndrew, the piece reviews trends in collector spending, motivations of activities in the market and how they interact with artists, galleries, institutions and the broader art environment. Conducted in collaboration with UBS, the survey sample included more than 2,800 collectors who were active across 11 art markets. Claire herself and another regular bulletin guest, UBS Chief Economist Paul Donovan, are here once again to guide us through the report and some of its key findings. Let's start by setting up a little of the background to this year's edition with Paul. Paul Donovan, great to have you with us as always. Let's get some headlines though first up. I guess if we take a step back before we dive into the the piece, let's talk more in broad brush terms about the economy. Um, What's been happening in the last, I don't know, I guess in the last quarter or so? How can you distill it for us? Well, I think globally what we've been seeing is a slowdown in the economy, but more importantly, there's lots of relative shifts going on. So we've been seeing for some time this scaling back of a desire to spend on physical goods, so durable goods, and still a lot more focus on spending on what might broadly be termed having fun. So leisure travel, entertainment, you know, somebody had to be buying all those Beyonce and Taylor Swift concert tickets. And that sort of thing has buoyed up the service sector side of the economy, even as global trade in goods has scaled back. So what we've been seeing is essentially a plateauing or a, a slowing of demand for goods, but still a relatively firm demand for entertainment services and, and the broader aspects of having fun. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I've read a couple of things and I know in the forward to the piece, there's this suggestion that we're getting a bit more sort of back to balance, if you like, in economic terms. Or is that is it too soon to say something like that, Paul, do you think? No, I think it's fair because we had this extraordinary demand for goods after the pandemic and it was absolutely exceptional. I mean, once in sort of 75 year type levels of demand. And so, yes, there is a sense of perhaps some rebalancing coming through. People are, I think, considering how they spend their money a little bit more carefully now. You know, there's not the sort of, thank goodness that's over, let's go out and buy something type mentality, which I think was perhaps part of what we saw in 21 and and early 22. And now people are are thinking a bit more about their purchases, considering them a bit more, and and perhaps redirecting some of their spending as well. And it is bringing us back into a more more or less balanced environment. Of course, we're different to where we were pre-pandemic, in terms of online retail, in terms of flexible working. These are, uh, I think, structural changes which are not going to reverse, but we're back to a more balanced sort of economic growth. Paul, let me ask you about a couple of these consumer trends, maybe looking at them through the prism, actually, of this 
Survey of Global Collecting. Can you tell us a bit about how some of these broad brush trends actually play in this space? Collectors, high net worth, ultra high net worth individuals. Because there are some interesting observations. You know, collectors, for example, to generalise, seem to be a bit more resilient to higher interest rates, for example, with the amount of their collecting which is uh, financed using credit, for example. Is it interesting to look at how some of the trends that we've been discussing speak to this space in particular? Well, I mean, I think obviously a lot of collectors tend to be higher net worth individuals. That as a, as a group in society is less affected by higher interest rates. They're not unaffected, but they are certainly less affected by higher interest rates. The general trend that we've been talking about, where there's perhaps an emphasis on social aspects, having fun. I mean, collecting is a very interesting hybrid because obviously most of the time you end up with a a physical product so you're you're purchasing a good in that sense but there's an enormous social aspect to it you know the relationship you have with galleries with artists you know going to exhibitions or art shows that sort of thing so it's an interesting hybrid in many ways and i think that you know some of the social aspects are are coming through the fact that we have shifted to online retail in the broader economy is also still reflected in the art world. Now, we're not at the levels of online sales that we were at in the immediate aftermath of the pandemic, fairly obviously, but the level of online sales is still higher than it was pre-pandemic. And that's mirroring what we're seeing in the wider economy in most countries. Let's just look forward a bit. And I know there's always a risk, Paul, isn't there, of trying to extrapolate too much about what the future holds based on looking back. But if we do look at the outlook, it's interesting. There was a, I think it was a, a cautious optimism sounded in the remarks that Crystal Novakovic, your colleague in Global Wealth Management EMEA, strikes at the beginning of the piece. And certainly, if we look at the intentions of high net worth collectors, more than half planning to, to buy art over the next year, which is pretty pretty stable. What do we make of the outlook? And, and can one look at these kinds of reports and, and extrapolate on sort of broader, broader trends and, and other conclusions from them? Well, I think we can carefully extrapolate. I mean, obviously, there is always a difference between sentiment and reality. This is as true in the art world as it is anywhere else. And so we've got to be a little bit careful about not being too definitive just based on people's stated expectations. But given the overall economic climate in which we find ourselves, if we end up with a soft landing scenario, that is an economic situation which I think is going to continue to allow people to enjoy themselves, to continue to allow people to indulge in their passions like art, and that will therefore continue to provide some support. So I think Cautious optimism is the right way of putting it. There are clearly downside risks in the global economy, and that would affect the art market were they to come through. But we have navigated around those risks so far, and I'm relatively confident that we will continue to navigate around them in the future. So I think cautious optimism is the right phrase to describe the outlook at this stage. Paul Donovan. Well, next, let's check in with the report's author, our good friend, Claire McAndrew. Claire McAndrew, always a treat to chat to you about the art market. We're talking, of course, here about the Art Basel and UBS survey of global collecting in 2023. The insights here into high net worth collectors' attitudes, behaviours, and, and crucially, I think, what their outlook is on the, on the market going forwards. Remind us, first of all, about some of the mechanics. Lots of collectors, I think close to 3,000 across all sorts of markets. Just remind us to whom you've spoken and how you put, pull all of this data together. 
Fantastic. Yeah, this is what's actually one of our biggest surveys of its kind to date. So we've been I've been doing these with UBS for the last eight years. We've done 10 surveys and this was the biggest. There was 2,828 fully qualified responses from 11 markets. And we actually had a very big sample in Asia this year as well. So over 800 responses from mainland China and Hong Kong. And we also covered Taiwan, Singapore, Japan, along with the US markets in Europe, Brazil. So a really wide coverage. And all of these respondents have current net worth over 1 million. So it is that kind of bubble of collectors at the top of the market, but some really interesting findings, especially I think this year, because it's turning out to be such an uncertain year. You know, there's the backdrop of kind of potential looming recessions and rising interest rates. And now we've got all these kind of major political conflicts. But at the same time, some of the main takeaways are that high net worth collectors are still, you know, fairly eager to spend and engage a little bit more cautious and and deliberate, maybe in their approach to their acquisitions, maybe not taking quite as many risks, but still actively engaging with the market for sure. That was actually one aspect that I wanted to specifically ask you about. And I don't know if this speaks to that shifting sort of risk appetite. A slight drop in impulse buying, not not huge, but but noticeable. But this big increase in, I don't know how you phrase it, I think in the piece, it's called research-based collecting. And I kind of love this idea of people being more scientific about their collecting behaviours. Do you think that maybe that is a bit of a reaction to that different risk uh, backdrop? Definitely. I mean, for sure, there is there's a process that collectors go through in different stages through researching and developing knowledge and and then targeting particular artists and works. But in terms of how they identify themselves, a lot more collectors identifying themselves as kind of more research based in their collecting approach than impulse buying over the last when you compare it to 2021 and the present. So evidence of of cautious thought through buying, still active, but being a little bit more thought through in in terms of the research that they do. A lot of coverage in this report was based on motivations of collectors as well, which is a really interesting area. And self-focused drivers like self-identity and the personal pleasure people get from buying art was still key, but financial motivations are factoring in. So 28% of the collectors we surveyed said financial motivations were their key driver when buying a piece of art. But at the same time, most people don't see themselves as investors either. So only 10% of the sample saw themselves as investors. But there is there is a conscious and thought through and slightly risk averse element coming through in the survey this year. Now, one other trend that I, I well, I ask you about it every year is about digital online transactions. Now, of course, It's worth pointing out there was obviously a transformational impact because of the pandemic. But as we always say, these other shifts in in direction were happening significantly before that. But interestingly, the data in this piece, Claire, really speaks to that resurgence of buying in person. And the numbers are quite striking. Yeah, it was very much so. There is that strong interest in buying in person. I mean, buying through a dealer was still the most common method for collectors buying in 2023. So 86% of the collectors we surveyed had purchased through a dealer and 84% of those had bought from their gallery or premises. So done an in-person transaction. And that was up on the previous surveys while those buying online from a dealer was down. And it was the same with art fairs. It was 58% of the sample had bought at an art fair and obviously buying live from an art fair much more popular than buying for an art fair OVR. So we have seen this kind of spike in online and then it coming down again, not not going down to below where it was before, but certainly the kind of spike of online buying reducing again. And, and certainly when, when given an option of buying online or buying in person, most collectors preferring to buy from a gallery or for an art fair at a live event or in person than buying online. 
Yeah, there's nothing quite like that human engagement, as you, as you said, especially when making a something that is, in most cases, still an, an emotional purchase or, or investment. Let's talk a bit about the outlook, Claire. You mentioned in your opening remarks about the economic and political uncertainty, so much volatility in geopolitical terms around. And Paul Donovan earlier sort of explained to us what the economic backdrop is. Interestingly, amongst the demography that you spoke to, though, it's a pretty optimistic outlook. Lots of appetite for continuing to make acquisitions into 2024. Just, yeah, bring us up to speed with some of the numbers. An optimistic outlook, though, which may be counterintuitive in some ways. Sure. I mean, it was nearly 80%, 77% were optimistic about the global art market's performance over the next six months when we surveyed them. Um, we did survey in July and August. And I think what we've we've seen over the last couple of years, especially, is that so much can change in a relatively short period of time. So I would be very interested if we could run these surveys every few months to see how, how collectors change throughout the year. I mean, they are a snapshot of people's sentiment and people's outlook at a point in time. So there were optimistic in, in July and August and so much has changed since then. So it'll be very interesting as I put the annual report together at the end of the year to see how these how that optimism has played out. But in terms of their buying plans, you know, over half of the high net worth collectors we surveyed were going to buy in the next year. Some of the very active buying plans from mainland China, nearly 70% planning to buy more. And there was also large majorities in Japan, Brazil, some of the countries in Europe as well very much focused on on paintings and this going back to the online thing you know the digital art over the last kind of 12 months and looking forward not quite as popular as it was and it has kind of shrunk back in terms of of the content of of high net worth collectors collections and it's kind of paralleling what we're seeing on maybe external nft platforms and stuff that certainly sales falling back to fairly low levels and nowhere near the peaks they were at the end of 2021 so again that could be a little bit of risk aversion where people are sticking a little bit more to traditional mediums like paintings and they were by far the strongest element of people's spending plans when we surveyed them this year as well. Claire, just tell me a bit more about the drivers behind collectors' behaviour. What was very interesting is financial motivations weren't the key driver for collectors at all when we asked them about their primary motivators, but they were an important factor for a significant portion of the collectors. But what we did see, and it's interesting in this interest rate environment, is that relatively high proportion of collectors had used credit and loans to finance purchases of art. This was kind of a new element of the research this year. You know, 43% had used credit and loans at some stage, and 30% had done so in 2020. 22 and 2023, which is surprising finding given the interest rate situation. And for those that actually use lending, they had financed almost 30% of their collections through credit. That kind of share went up as the wealth of the collector went up. And this, this is kind of evidence that these wealthy collectors do use their collections. They might not see themselves as investors per se, but they do realize that their art collections are important assets and they use them financially, whether it's reselling or for, for leverage in this case. And that was a surprising finding, the use of, of lending and credit by these high net worth collectors. Well, yeah, and maybe just a final thought on, on geographies. I think if we do look ahead to 24, some of the most active buying plans were reported by collectors from, from mainland China. Again, was that in line with your expectations, Claire? 
mainland Chinese collectors were one of the only regions that saw a kind of a drop in their median spend in 2022, but they really bounced back very strongly in, in the first half of 2023 and showing some of the most active buying plans, nearly 70% planning to buy works over the next 12 months. Now, again, this was mid-year and I suppose the question mark now, given various things happening in the Chinese economy, the real estate crisis and all those factors, will that be sustained or was this just a kind of a kickback, knee-jerk reaction to the lockdowns? A lot of sales and events and things were cancelled or postponed. So we did expect a little bit of a spring back at the beginning of the year. So the big question now, as we're facing into the annual report for the art market is, will that be sustained in the second half of the year? And that's Claire McAndrew bringing us to the end of this edition of the Bulletin with UBS, setting the agenda in the fast-moving world of finance each week here on Monocle Radio. You can listen again and explore more at monocle.com or you can follow the programme wherever you get your audio. You can also discover more and find out how UBS can help you at ubs.com. While you're there, search art and find out more about the bank's passion for contemporary art. This is The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle Radio. I'm Tom Edwards. Thanks for listening.